morning, everyone, and welcome to Heritage Church. I am so glad that you chose to join us for worship today. You know, one of my favorite parts about being on staff is that we have a ton of these laying around. And as a staff, we like to get into some wars across the cubicles and try to aim at people just to build some fun and morale on the team. And for the first few months that I was on staff here, I kept aiming with my thumb. And it wasn't until one of my fellow coworkers, Anna, came alongside me and said, Sadie, if you want to hit your mark, you have to use your pointer finger. Now, just that simple piece of advice and her coming alongside me helped me change the whole game. So now if I aim at someone, there's a chance that the rubber band ends in their cubicle. Now, much like a simple thing like that can happen in real life, the same is true in our relationship with God. Sometimes we're just not aiming with the right tools or aiming at the right target. And this last week, we had 19 people get baptized. And that is so exciting because that is them publicly professing that they have decided to change their aim and aim towards God's will for their life. Romans 14, 19 says, So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. So as we celebrate the lives of those 19 people who just chose to take that next step in their faith and aim for harmony in the church as well as become members of the church and the body of Christ, let us take this aim and move forward in our relationship with God. So as we begin worship today, take a moment and just celebrate how life transformation is happening here at Heritage. You 
Reina 
Hey Heritage, I hope that within our time together so far, you've been able to rest in the presence of Holy Spirit and be reminded of who He is today. Now I'm just really excited to step into a sacred moment of prayer together over the next few minutes. You know, these intentional moments of seeking God's face together as a church body is so vital in not just the season we are in, but in every season. You know, last week, Pastor Chris Conrad led an incredible conversation about creating a spiritual legacy for our families. He did such an amazing job of, of setting the table for us to really look at our lives and examine our current family dynamics and really ask Holy Spirit to reveal areas that He's inviting us to receive transformation, healing, and wholeness. Now, maybe some of you recognized in this past week that there's just too much unnecessary and even harmful things that you are carrying around in your, lug in your luggage and recognize that some things need to change. And maybe for others of, of you last week was an invitation to step into a relationship with Jesus for the very first time. Now, both of these amazing responses point to the reality that the God we serve is in the business of changing, transforming, and reconciling lives. I'm just so thankful for that truth. And hear me, friends. I believe that God wants to do those things in your life today. He wants to do these things in your family's lives. So now, I just want to take a moment to pray in our, about our conversation today as we continue this conversation about hearing from the voice of God and living a life that's honoring and pleasing to Him. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, we are just so thankful for who you are and out of who you are, who you call us to be, your children, God, your witnesses. I pray that as we step further into this conversation this week, that you give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts to obey you. Holy Spirit, would you come and do what only you can do in our lives and in our families' lives? Would you reveal areas of our lives that we are not living for you or, or we are not giving you our very best? And would you give us the strength and courage to surround ourselves with others hand in hand that can help us in this journey? God, we trust you and we are eager to hear what you're calling us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Joey Danya. You see me and think, boy, does he have it all together. You want to know what the secret is? It's all thanks to the life filter. But now get ready because there's even more to love. You've seen the Life Filter, then the Life Filter Pro. Now get ready for the Life Filter Go. Trouble with friends or family? Life Filter. Trouble with the kids? Life Filter. Wish you had more money? Life Filter. Need more time to grow? To become a healthier person? To be more generous? Life Filter, Life Filter, Life Filter! Warning, side effects of the Life Filter include disillusion and or dissatisfaction with your circumstances. The Life Filter Corporation is not liable for any consequences of ignoring real life situations such as accidents, fights, stress, or death. The Life Filter, because fantasy is the new reality. Hey, Heritage, it is so great to be with you again. 
I am really enjoying this series that we've been in called Unfiltered Families. So excited about what Holy Spirit has been teaching us over these last few weeks. And I'm excited about what I think he wants to teach us today. You know, one of my favorite aspects about being a dad is the opportunity that I have to join my wife in every once in a while surprising our daughters. Now, in, in the past, we've surprised them with maybe a trip, a, a day trip somewhere, or maybe, you know, we, we go on vacation that they didn't know about along those lines. That's fun. I have to tell you about a, a really cool surprise that happened a couple of years ago. It actually incorporates heritage. I've had the privilege of being around Heritage for a number of years now and hanging out with different people. And a few years ago, I, I came and I met with the board of Heritage. And during that time, I met with a, a gentleman who was on the board at the time who happens to be a vet. And, and during those interchanges, he happened to hear that our golden retriever had gone to golden retriever heaven. And, and he just said to me, hey, if you ever want another golden, I, I know where you might find one. And I said, really? And he said, yes. And you have to understand that one of my daughters is crazy about dogs. She just absolutely loves dogs. And she was really mourning the fact that we had lost our golden retriever. And he said, well, I happen to know where there are some beautiful golden, uh, you know, excuse me, English cream golden retrievers. And if you ever want one, let me know. And I said, absolutely. So as it turns out, he told me about this wonderful place in Del Mar, Iowa. And some of you from Iowa don't even know where Del Mar is, probably. But it's this little tiny hole in the wall little town. And there's this place called, they're called Iron Hill Retrievers. And so we live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we drove the nearly five hours one way to come down and adopt this little puppy that we ended up calling Kalia into our home. What was so cool about that was the surprise of it all. I will never forget the look in our daughter's eyes when we shared with them both that we were going to get an English cream golden retriever puppy. Oh my goodness, off the charts. That was so much fun as a parent. You know what that's like. Maybe it's Christmas morning or whatever. Maybe it's their birthday. When you just get to surprise them, it doesn't have to be a huge gift. It can be a small thing, but that surprise is what it's all about because you just care about their joy. You know what's interesting? Your heavenly father cares about your joy as well. Your heavenly father actually cares about that. And what's also interesting is, is that he sometimes surprises us. Sometimes the most incredible blessings come through areas that we would never expect them to come from. We wouldn't expect him to actually teach us or to give us joy through that situation, through that relationship, through that situation that we walk through, but he does. So I want to talk very briefly today about some surprises that often God uses to show us his ultimate joy and pleasure in us and the ways that he loves to work in our lives. Number one, surprise number one, we can trust God's timing even when we don't understand it. We can trust God's timing even when we don't understand it. You know, as a society, we've become the now generation. You all know the answer to this, but let me just go ahead and ask you. When 90% of the American population comes to a stoplight, what do they do? Bingo, on their phone. Like they're immediately on their phone. They're checking their phone. That's what they're doing. That's what so many people do. And so many of our industries today are based around making our lives quicker. Of course, we've had FedEx for years, but now we've got uh, Amazon Prime. 
Now we've got call ahead seating. Now we can go ahead and, and, and call or order our drinks ahead at Starbucks. Hey, I want this way. I don't want to wait when I get there. I want them now. Now, teens and young adults, I'm going to blow your ever-living mind by what I'm about to say. You're not going to believe me. But way back in the dark ages when dinosaurs roamed the earth, what would happen is, is that your favorite artist, whoever you loved music-wise, would put out this thing that you've never heard of before called an album. An album. And what would happen is, is that uh, you, could, you would have to actually go to, an, to a music store and buy the album. And when you, buy, when you bought that album, you would probably get uh, 12 or, or 14 songs at the most. And, and most of them you might not have liked, but you bought it. You had to buy that album and spend 10 or 15 or $16 for it for the two songs that you really liked. Today, what do we do? Oh my goodness. All we do is we just push a button and we download an album. Just, or, or we download just the song that we want. We pay 99 cents for our song that we like. And then what do we do? Well, we, we instantly put it on our watch so that we can listen to it when we run or when we exercise or when we lift or when we do whatever. We want everything and we want it now. And that trait about us can lead us to be very impatient people. It absolutely can. Let me just ask you, how many of you are willing to admit, okay, Chris, every once in a while, I can be impatient. Every once in a while, that is me. And what happens is, and I think, by the way, that's all of us at times. All of us can be impatient at times. But what happens is, is that when we find ourselves in what I would call a God-ordained waiting time, almost a God-ordained waiting pattern, we start wondering what in the world God is up to. And we can get frustrated and angry. If we're single, and we're waiting for that special someone, that perfect someone to come walk in our house, and it's not happening on our schedule, we can get frustrated. Or if we're married and we're waiting for children, then maybe we're going through an infertility process that's just arduously difficult. As you're going to hear, I can relate to that. Or, or maybe we just went through a miscarriage. And the things that we were hoping for are not going to come into fruition, at least not immediately. By the way, as a side note, if that's you, can I encourage you to, to reach out to us here? We'd love to, to walk that road with you. And I'd also encourage you to get a wonderful book. You can buy it on Amazon, buy it wherever you want, called I Will Hold You in Heaven by a guy by the name of Jack Hayford. It's a wonderful book for people that are walking through the pain of, of losing a child. And sometimes, that holding pattern that we get in happens in adoption. If you don't mind, I'm going to very briefly tell you my wonderful wife and my story. We got married and we were unable to have children and our process was 16 years in length. We went through what I now refer to as infertility hell. Um, we were told later that we probably could have uh, filed a malpractice suit for the things that we went through, but we, we didn't do that. The point just being is that it was incredibly frustrating. We had four domestic adoptions fall through, four moms who said, we want you to be the parents of the little child that I'm going to give birth to, and then at the last minute, 
say, actually, I'm going to keep my job, which is very understandable, and that's fine. But that happened to us four different times. Finally, we felt that the Lord was leading us to adopt internationally. And specifically, the Lord made it really clear to my wife, Mary, that we were to adopt from Ukraine, because back then you could adopt multiple children at the same time, and we thought that it was the right thing for us to do that. And so as we were thinking about that and beginning to plan that and get our home studies done and get our international dossier ready and all the kinds of stuff that you have to do, what was supposed to be a six-month process, because of the fact that their country went into revolution and all kinds of difficult things happened, what was supposed to be a six-month process took us three years. So we went 16 years without being able to have children. And I can't tell you how arduous and difficult that was at times, especially on my wife, but also on me. Now, the Lord was very faithful, and here's a picture of our girls when they were younger, and then a picture of them now. Can I tell you, some of you are in the waiting process right now. You're waiting on the results of a test. You're waiting on on hearing about a job that you'd love to have. You're waiting on, again, what I said earlier, the right spouse or wanting to have children or wanting to get pregnant again or whatever it might be. And you're wondering, can God be trusted? Can we actually trust him? And what I want to encourage you with is, he can be trusted. You know what's interesting is, and I'm not making this up, it's going to sound ridiculous, and you're going to be tempted not to believe me, So again, we went through a three-year process. We had to have our whole home study done a second time, all the medical stuff done a second time, just because of the delay that we had with the country of Ukraine and their whole revolution. Interestingly enough, our dossier was, uh, was scheduled to expire. We had to be back from a foreign country by December 15th. And again, I'm old, December 15th, 2006. That's when we had to go be back by. And I'll tell you, we didn't know anything about whether or not we were going to be able to adopt on October 1 of 2006. There was still no word from the country of Ukraine. And we kind of had settled that if if that expired, that we probably were going to give up on ever ever being able to have children ourselves. On about October 10th, we heard from the country of Ukraine saying, we'd like you to come over. We have an appointment scheduled for you for November 1st, November 4th. So you can imagine, we've got less than three weeks to get our act together, get over there and get ready. And that's exactly what we did. In Ukraine back then, you had to stay for six weeks. So my wife and I stayed in country for six weeks and got our girls, adopted our girls, brought them back here to the United States. And guess what? We landed in Chicago on what day? December 15th, 2006. The last day our dossier was still valid. Now, Who does that? God does that. Because he says to us in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So I want to encourage you. God can be trusted. We can trust his heart towards us because he's a good and loving father. Now, if if you feel like you're in a holding pattern, I, I so wish I could sit down with you. I so what, I wish my, my wife and I could sit down with you across, you know, Starbucks or having a Coke or something and, and just hang out for a few minutes and just talk. We'd love to hear your story. But then here's all we would probably tell you. Three things. We get it. Like if you're in a holding pattern right now, we can tell you we get it. Okay. It's just us. 
we would be like in year 13 or 14 years of our 16 year experience and people would come up to us and say, man, we haven't been, it's, it's been three months and we haven't been able to get pregnant. And we'd kind of chuckle and say, okay, you know, but the truth of the matter is, is that we get it. Number two, we would both describe to you that we're sorry. We're sorry for the holding pattern that you're in. Like we get it and we're sorry for the emotions that you feel. But thirdly, we would say, allow God to do his work while you're in the holding pattern. Ah, oh, it's so key. Allow God to do his work while you're in the holding pattern. Let me give you an example of what I mean by that right from the Bible. It's a guy by the name, he's so cool. His name is Joseph in the Old Testament. And Joe, when he was 17 years old, had these incredible dreams of how God wanted to use him in his life. The problem is his brothers got really jealous and they sold him off to slavery. And Joe goes from the age of 17, and he goes an entire 13 years before those dreams began to come to fruition. 13 years of seeing nothing, but then God came through. And he came through in a spectacular way. He ends up, Joseph ends up becoming the second in command of all of Egypt. And what God was doing in that 13 year period wasn't nothing, God was shaping Joseph. He was doing the work that needed to happen in Joseph so that when Joseph became second in command, he was ready for it. See, he wasn't ready when he was 17. And there was this work that God needed to do in his life. Some of us are in a holding pattern and we think, oh, I'm just supposed to mark time. I'm just supposed to stand here and do nothing. No, allow the Holy Spirit of God to train you up into everything that he has for you. See, there's this wonderful passage of scripture in the Old Testament. It comes from the book of Habakkuk, which is really a book in the Old Testament. This is what it says. The, this vision I have is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Here's what I'm saying. Don't put your life on hold while you're in the holding pattern. Allow the Holy Spirit to continue to work in your life and through your life to bless other people. Now is the time to allow Holy Spirit to work in your life. Not when you get there. No, no, no. Not when you've arrived. No. Now is the time to let him, to, to work in your life and becoming that man or that woman that he's created you to be. It's not wasted time. See, once Joseph got to that place, he understood humility. He understood the characteristics that God needed to place in his life. So it's not wasted time. He's doing his work. As a professor in college used to say to his class that I happen to be in, when it, when it appears that nothing is happening, something is happening. It appeared for 16 years that nothing was happening in our lives when it came to kids. But God was working his good, perfect, and pleasing will in our lives. So trust him in that. Okay, second surprise. God is continually using my family members to shape me into the person that he created me to be, even my children. You know, historically, it's been the case that parents used to teach their kids about how to do things, uh, skills in life that they would need. I, I'm just wondering, any, anybody uh, have the experience of not knowing how to make something work on your phone and handing it to your teenage son or daughter or preteen son or daughter and say, I can't make this work. Can you please make this work? 
How many of you have ever had that happen? What's so interesting is that in this technological age that we're in, so often the people that are younger actually know how to make it so much better than we do. And the truth of the matter is, is that there are many things that we can learn from our kids, from the, the children that we're raising. A guy, by, a wonderful author by the name of Dan Allender, years ago wrote this great book that I remember reading soon after we adopted our girls called How Children Raise Their Parents. What? Yeah, How Children Raise Their Parents is the name of the book. And it's the art of listening and learning to your children. See, God is trying to shape my character. His goal is to shape my character to become more like Jesus's. And one of the ways that he does that is by learning from the people around me, specifically my family members. Now, let me tell you a true story of what happened when uh, my wife and I walked out of our wedding ceremony the day we got married almost 31 years ago. What happened was is that we're, we're walking out, and of course, I didn't know this happened until later, but my mom whispers to my dad and says, I think that boy's just met his match. <laughs> you might think that that meant, oh yeah, Chris picked out a, a great woman for himself. Well, she didn't mean that, but she meant more than that. What she meant was, I think that she's pretty strong-willed just like he is, and this is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, can I tell you, I'll never forget. So we moved from from San Diego, California to Sturgis, South Dakota, which is only known for its Harley-Davidson rally. Every summer they have this Harley-Davidson rally where a little town of 5,000 people is inundated by 350,000 bikers. It's just crazy. That's where we moved. And I was serving as an assistant pastor at a church there. Well, I'll never forget, my strong will met with her strong will. We're about six weeks into our marriage and I'm in this little farmhouse that's like five miles outside of Sturgis, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, and she's screaming at the top of her lungs, and we're just screaming at each other. Having a screaming match? Yep, sure enough, Jesus was trying to teach me through my spouse. Jesus knew that I had some rough edges that needed to be taken off, and he wanted to do that through my spouse. Another example is this. Our adopted girls, well, they, you know, I, I eventually learned that they had a will of their own as well. And, and the surprise is, is that there was actually learning on both sides. Like, I had some stuff to learn. I, I've often said I never knew what anger was until I had children. Uh, because there's just something, you know, they have strong wills of their own, and they don't always do what mom or dad want them to do. And I remember getting really frustrated at some point and then being drawn to Colossians in the New Testament, Colossians chapter 3. And this is what Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 says. Now, Chris, you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. The first thing he says is rid yourself of anger. Chris, I want to teach you, Holy Spirit was saying, to rid yourself of anger, and I'm going to allow your kids to teach you that. Not only that, but the same passion that you might sense that I have in my relationship with Jesus that I have through life, um, I, I, that's fine in maybe a message-giving time, but I tell you what, that can be intensity outside of a situation like this. And my intensity can come across and actually scare people. So, I remember my, my girl saying to me at one point, Dad, sometimes when you look at us with that intense look, it just scares us. And so I remember promising them I'd give them a dollar for every time that I looked at them with that look. 
Because I recognize if I'm giving it to my daughters, I'm probably giving it to other people in my life. What was Holy Spirit doing? He was teaching me how to be kinder and more loving. What was the avenue he was using? My daughters. So the surprise was, God wants to actually change me from the inside out. And he wants to use the people around me. Now, teens, I need to say one thing quickly here to you. And that is, the Bible not only says that that we're to rid anger from ourselves, but also says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother. Then you will live a long life. It's the, many scholars call it the, the first, and matter of fact, this is exactly what Jesus said also, and that is, it's the, the only commandment actually with a promise. And that's that you'll live a long life. See, the, teens, this is one of the, the 10 biggies. This is one of the 10 commandments. And we're, we're told to honor our mom and dad. And can I just tell you, the reason God put that in his big 10 is because he wants us to learn to love and appreciate and honor authority. Because if we don't learn it when we're growing up, oh my goodness, we're going to go from job after job after job after job because we don't honor authority. If we'll learn it now, then we'll have so much better happiness, joy, and fruitfulness in the work area of our lives and in other areas of our lives than if we don't learn it. Okay, and that takes us to the third surprise. And that is the unique challenges that we face often lead to unique blessings. The other night, I came home. This, this literally happened this week. I came home and my daughter, uh, Natalia, was watching a, a television show and, along with my other daughter, Julia. And I kind of walked in and they were watching this thing. And the show ended up being called Seven Yards, the Chris Norton story. It's a story about a young man who, um, in I think it was his freshman year in college, ended up being in a, a horrific football accident and ended up being uh, paralyzed, at least for a little while. And it's this incredible story of Chris Norton and how he has this dogged determination to walk again. And I, I would recommend the movie too. It's a great, great movie. See, here's the thing. Chris never would have, and his family, his parents, never would have chosen that for him. They wouldn't have chosen that accent. They, would have cho- they wouldn't have chosen that life. But you know what? His story has ended up inspiring tens, if not hundreds, if not millions of people. What's interesting is, is that sometimes the things that our family faces is totally out of our control. And God ends up using those very things sometimes to bless us. You know, I, as I've told you several times in this message, we adopted from Ukraine. Our daughters were actually in different orphanages. When we got to Ukraine, they had never met each other, although they're biological sisters. Came from the same parents, but they're they're biological sisters, but they never met each other. They're in different orphanages, and we got to reunite them. Such a God story. Unfortunately, their mom drank a bit too much when she was pregnant, especially with one of them. And because of that, one of my daughters was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. Now, you'd never know it to just hang out with her. At first, you'd never know it. She's a sweetheart and a half. Got a smile that will light up a room. And there's nothing wrong with their determination. She wants to learn. She wants to learn more and more. But the problem is, is that outside of a, a miracle from God that snaps is in her brain, 
just were never connected because her mom drank. And so although there's no lack of desire to learn, there's just not a proficiency to be able to do it. And, you know, when you get a diagnosis like fetal alcohol syndrome for your daughter, you kind of knew it at the very beginning, but when that is there, you wonder, okay, God, what are you up to? But can I tell you, God has taught us so much through our beautiful daughter, Julia. Now, do I wish that Holy Spirit would heal her just like that for her own sake so she could experience that? Absolutely, I do. But this much I know. I know that even in those less than, some would say, ideal situations, God is working. And he's taught our family and he's taught people around us so many things through our precious daughter. There are things in our lives that we don't choose. Cancer, sexual abuse, spouses who've been physically abusive to us. But can I just say, Holy Spirit can even take the most difficult, heart-wrenching of situations, and he can redeem them. God has the ability to redeem those things, and it'll surprise us. God will show up and surprise us. The very thing that we've been trying to hide or the very thing that we've been ashamed of or the very thing that has caused trauma in our life, God can actually use and redeem it to end up helping other people around us as we tell our story, as we help other people. And the joy that both of our daughters have brought to our lives is so sweet and so special. Isaiah says this in the Old Testament, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'll make a way in the wilderness. I, God says, will make a way in the wilderness through ways that you don't understand, through things that you cannot fathom. God will make a way. Even in the most difficult of situations, and finally, one last one, very briefly. It is often the routine where the, where the most profound things are unlocked. It is often in the routine where the most profound things are unlocked. All I mean by that is sometimes we're just hanging out as a family and God erupts a wonderful conversation. Literally last night, I was on a walk with my two daughters and it opened up, that just a casual walk opened up to a very profound and powerful conversation I was able to have with one of my girls. And it was just a routine thing, but God just showed up. It's often not in the big things. I mean, going to Walt Disney World, woohoo, that's awesome. But it's often in the most routine places. You know what? I talked last week about my parents and the fact that, you know, I, I grew up in this home where mom and dad knew Jesus and they would take us to church. Can I just tell you? The, the upbringing my parents had of us wasn't perfect. I shared about that last week, but they were very faithful about taking us to church and very faithful about modeling in front of us just an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. They didn't cram it down our throats. No, they just read their Bibles. They just prayed. They just lived out the person of Jesus in front of us. And that profoundly impacted our lives. I have two older brothers, uh, one that's nine years older and one that's eight years older than I am. Uh, the one who's nine years older is a, is a pilot for Southwest Airlines. He's very accomplished in what he does. One who's eight years older is literally 
um, a rocket science scientist involved in missile defense, a brilliant guy. All three of us know Jesus, love Jesus, and are passionately following Jesus. And interestingly enough, so are our kids. Our, all of our kids are right now loving Jesus and following Jesus and passionately in love with Jesus. And we're not doing it because we're afraid. We're doing it because we want to, all of the grandkids. See, my parents, my parents did a very normal thing. They just lived out an authentic relationship with Jesus in front of us. Not perfect, but authentic. And because of that, because of that, their lives were changed. And there was a changed destiny and a changed legacy. My parents' legacy, spiritually, is off the charts amazing. As I said last week, they didn't leave us any money, but they've left us a beautiful spiritual heritage that I want to encourage you with. So today, let me ask you the question. Where are you in your, in, in your relationship with, with Jesus Christ? Where are you in trusting him? Do you find yourself in a holding pattern? Do you find yourself frustrated? Do you wonder what he's up to in a situation within your family or maybe just in your personal life? Can I tell you, Holy Spirit can be trusted. He knows what he's doing. And if we'll allow him to, he will shape us by using the very people in our families to make us more into the image of his son, Jesus. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the awesome people that are with us today. We pray, Holy Spirit, that we would allow you to speak deeply into our hearts and spirits about the things that you want to say to us and the ways that you want to shape us through the people around us. God, in this series, Unfiltered Families, please continue to speak into our spirits about the ways that we can become more like you by living out our faith in our home. Help us to be authentically living out our faith there. We understand we may not be perfect, but as we live it out authentically, wow, we can have an incredible destiny and an incredible legacy. Let that happen, I pray. We love you, Jesus, so much. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.
I'm so grateful for the invitation from Jesus to build our lives in the gift that he gives us, to receive the gift of Jesus and live for him as never before. If you've never taken that step of asking Jesus to be the one who forgives you and builds your life on him, then today is your day. If you want more information about what that looks like, or perhaps you're ready to receive him as the forgiver and leader of your life, then you can text FAITH to the number on your screen. A member of our team will follow up with you in the days ahead and help you process what God is doing in your heart and even help you take your next steps in connection with him. So again, we encourage you, take that step even now. As you do that, know again, we're celebrating with those who have stepped into relationship with Jesus and declared that in baptism. When you give and are part of the Heritage family and serving and offering your time, talent, and treasure, you're part of each of those stories. So thank you for your radical generosity in the way that you give. If you want more information about that, you can head to heritageqc.com give. As you may know, Heritage is in a season of pastoral transition. If you want more information about what that means for us in this season and the next, we encourage you to head to heritageqc.com and click on the banner right there. You'll find a message from Pastor Chris and Pastor Sean, as well as some key next steps for the Heritage family. In all, we know this, the very best is yet to come, and we can't wait to see what God does in and through us now and next. We'll see you next week.